This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning prop firm, Fidel Crest. Trading that, episode 208. If you are relatively new to trading and you're just on YouTube looking at, you know, price action patterns or uh, in, um, indicators, you should definitely go and look at why the market's moving. Not not how it's moving, not candlesticks. Ignore the charts. Go and, go and look into why it's moving and, like, what's actually going on. Uh, behind the candlesticks why is that candlestick green or why is there an uptrend why is there a downtrend if you can work those things out then you can start working out what to look for before they start and that's how you can catch these huge swings in the markets the market's going to do something your job is not to fight it the market never ever runs away it's always there that personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than i could be right about the direction but wrong about the trade don't focus on the monetary side trying to make too much money on a trade is what i have seen killed every trader your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes relax learn the process candlestick pattern training is a freaking trap don't be in a rush to become a millionaire let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you this podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and this is the first episode of 2023. So hopefully you folks had a great holiday period with your friends, family. You're all refreshed and ready to hit the markets this week or next. Uh, Now, what have we got for you today? We've got James from Elite Traders here on the show. Now, James is... Well, five years ago, he, uh, well, there or thereabouts, he infiltrated a bunch of expert traders. So you're going to find out how he managed to do that and get to where he is now we've got that full story coming up in the show then we jump on a price chart and also another tool which he uses which i'm wondering is a tool that all forex gurus out there use that they don't tell you about i'm just guessing and uh, this tool manages to give him the ability to trade in the right direction most of the time so guys if you want to check that out there's a video dropping on that and we've got his colleague on as well from elite traders dex diamond to talk to you about bank uh bank reports in the forex market and how he leverages them to get really high win rate good trades that work and you're going to be quite surprised it's probably one of the first times that i've really understood fundamentals at a more granular level okay so this is a fundamental episode and show not fully but mostly uh to start the year off here on trading that now other things that are completely not fundamental the uh my robot builders club i'm gonna do a boot camp for some new members in the coming weeks now if you are listening to this now you're interested in trying to learn how to build trading robots without doing any coding at all, then this boot camp, which is only going to be a three-hour boot camp, could be the prime opportunity to to learn this skill. Now, uh, you're going to get a good head start. So if you're a sort of self-starter, this could be for you. Now, I'm not 100% certain whether or not I'm going to open the boot camp up to everyone. But if there is an opportunity, uh, sorry, if you like the sound of this opportunity, then hit me up in my uh, email, support at tradingnut.com, or just DM me on Instagram or Telegram or whatever it is. Let me know you're interested, and we'll see if I decide to do it. So, folks, that could be something you sink your teeth into here at Trading Nut early on in the year. All right, folks, enough from me. Let's get on with this first interview of 2023. 
Fidel Crest is an award-winning prop firm that funds traders with up to $2 million and offers generous profit splits up to 90%. So what sets Fidel Crest apart? Well, it's their verification stage payouts of up to 30K in as little as 15 days. So you can receive your first payout prior to becoming a fully funded trader. Just complete the challenge phase and verification stage without violating any rules to receive your first payout. And be sure to use promo code TRADINGNUT, all one word, to get 10% off your next challenge. Click the link in the description below or the card above to find out more. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got James from Elite Traders in the house today. Uh, it's a bit of an Elite Traders series. We've actually got James and another trader who's going to be on the channel from uh, Elite Traders as well. So we're covering technicals, interviews, fundamentals as well, which is a bit different. So welcome to the show, James. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. So uh, so you've been trading for five years. We're going to hear that story, how you got started, how you got into it, and how you found your way to the path of profitability and uh, and where you are to, to where you are now. So do you want to start off with that? Yeah, sure. So my journey actually started very basic. There was no like fancy things. I didn't start in a bank or anything or uh, didn't even go to university for economics or anything like that. Um, I was working a normal job in, in media, just doing the, uh, design work. So the income in that sort of line isn't amazing. So I was looking at ways to sort of compound money or make more money for, for the, the long run, really. I wasn't looking to get rich or anything, um, specifically speaking. So as I was learning to sort of invest and how stocks worked and what all that sort of stuff was, uh, I then started to obviously learn more and more, did some more digging, uh, and then I came across more actively trading. So like on um, eToro and things um, like, you know, obviously being more involved. Um, and then from there, you know, it took off. And then I started looking at Instagram and things. I got into that horrible whirlpool of Instagram traders and gurus, uh, diamond necklaces and sports cars and things. Um, and then it, you know, it kind of went really wrong because my whole perception was wrong. It was like, okay, well, investing slow and steady, whereas trading is, you know, quick, heavy, make a lot of money. Um, so I ended up losing a lot of money. Um, I lost pretty much all of my life savings at that point. Uh, and I'm very stubborn or egotistical, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but in this sense, it actually paid off quite well because I wouldn't allow myself and I wouldn't allow the markets to take my money without me at least trying my absolute best to get it back. Um, and then, yeah, from there, I started looking into like mentorship and learning how the banks trade because obviously the banks don't trade like I did because otherwise they wouldn't make money. Um, so yeah, I really got into the the deep details of trading. Um, and yeah, from there it started to pick up. And, and what markets um, were you focused yeah. on back then? Honestly, it was US 30 because I lost all my money in US 30. So I, it was a bit of a grudge against that. Um, and I started to understand what US 30 was. And then from then I expanded into more of the currency side of things. But yeah, all started in US 30. Oh, okay. So it's interesting that you've gone from US 30 to to forex versus uh, the other way around which seems seems to be what most of my guests tend to do uh <laughs> yeah. so okay so 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 how did things start so you decided to, to look into mentorships and into what the banks are doing uh how did things start to turn around for you i mean what were the key elements to that so i actually stopped trading for quite a, a long period of time in between that so from the point of losing money to getting back to trading i, I sort of stopped and i was like okay i need to reevaluate because you know, I was stuck in a, a job. I loved my job. I love love the industry and things. Uh, it's what I was passionate about. But I didn't. I after about two or three years of being of working full time and stuff, I just didn't. I, you know, it wasn't for me. I was tired every Friday and the weekends were shit. So, um, so yeah, I needed to take a break and reevaluate a lot of things. Um, and I decided to just carry on working, carry on grinding. 
Um, and I started some, uh, not drop shipping, but sort of like um, selling things to people I know. Uh, so I'd find things on Facebook Marketplace, for example, uh, and I'd sell sell them to like family and friends for a little bit of a markup. Uh, obviously, I wasn't scamming them. There's no crazy markup, but, you know, a bit of profit <laughs> yeah. here and there. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I just saved money until I could afford mentorship. Uh, and then I followed quite a large meme page on on Instagram, and he used to promote one of his his uh, affiliate mentoring or whatever it was uh, with Alex Duadari. So I took that. Uh, I learned quite a bit there. Uh, and then once I started getting the more foundations and realized uh, there is a lot more to the markets than just candlesticks and patterns and stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, that's when I started to turn to like how the banks work and getting the bank reports on a daily basis and things. And I was like, okay, I'm starting to understand now that the switch has, has flipped. Okay. So, so what was the, can you sort of explain the difference between what you first originally learned and what uh, Alex was teaching you? What were the key sort of sure. elements there? So the main difference was, as I said, it was the Instagram world. So there was no, like, you know, there was no really anything to solidify it. It was all money, money flexing and things. So I didn't know about journaling. I didn't know about uh, backtesting or anything like that. So I was, you know, I'd see, uh, for example, a lower high or support and resistance. I'd buy or sell and it would it'd be very impulsive and based off very, very weak analysis. Um and, you know, I, I saw like a bearish candle, but okay, I'm going to sell now. And obviously we, we both know that's not how trading actually works, but, you know, to yeah. someone who doesn't know trading, that it would make sense to do that. Yeah. Okay. So, so to, to start out, you started out as you were essentially, you know, just in there doing the clicking of the buttons and, and hoping for the best. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So there was nothing, nothing behind it. Now, now how did you, so you started back testing and journaling. How did that stuff start to evolve into to you as becoming a profitable trader well i i, uh, I got to strategy first of all uh, which is uh, you know an absolute must if you're looking to trade for the long term um so i yeah i started out with a sort of a price action based strategy uh which was mainly trying to find levels in the market where you'd see reversals or pullbacks or continuations or just levels where something would happen that could give me some sort of confirmation whether it's to get out or enter or whatever it is. Uh, and then from there, I realized that no matter how strong a level might be or how big a pattern might be or whatever it is, the markets can still break it. And I was, I didn't really understand why. And again, this goes back to the the bank reports and the fundamental side of things that I, I looked really heavily into. Um, and then I, it might sound stupid, but at the time I didn't really understand how a currency could be moved by the country and economics and things. Um, I had a basic understanding, but there was nothing there for me to actually trade with. Um, so yeah, I started to learn about inflation and GDP um, and NFPs and all that type of thing. And it was, yeah, from there, it was like, okay, well, that's why supports are getting broken is because the, you know, the economic, the economy versus the other economy is actually a lot worse. Or for example, now, now you sort of mentioned bank reports in there. Well, you didn't sort of mention it. You mentioned yeah. it. Uh, how easy was it for you to get these bank reports, and how did you know where to go? Honestly, it was very much uh, coincidence. Uh, so Joe, my business partner, he um, he sells bank reports as like a, a, a side gig for him or something. I don't know why he does it, but he sells them. I don't know how he gets them. He won't tell me. He won't tell anyone how he gets them. Uh, but they're from like ING, HSBC, uh, you know, all the, all the big banks. And they'll explain things such as um, they'll go into 
as detail as much detail as possible uh because these are the same bank reports that they send out to their own traders and anal- analysts and teams and things um so within the first like 30 minutes you can get a very solid idea of you know what what the bank's looking at and then that can give you a very solid edge in the market and so so you basically knew knew somebody who could get you the bank reports uh yeah, yeah easily exactly. back then okay yeah. right so so um all right so when you started actually placing trades, how did that go? Yeah, it was, I mean, yeah, I can't, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't profitable straight away, obviously. Um, so it took a lot longer in terms of, I was, I was learning obviously about risk and lot size and how all that works. And I was like, okay, well, before I was just putting, I don't know, maybe two lots on US 30 of a $5,000 account or something, because I didn't really know, I didn't understand. I was like, oh, if it hits my stop loss, I wonder how much I'll lose. Whereas I started to learn that, you know, pips and lot size are related. So it's, you know, I started risking two to 3%. I was continuing to lose and I was like, okay, I'm going to tone down my risk to 0.5 and continue to develop and learn. Um, And then, yeah, once I found this, the nice line of profitability, I moved back to 1% per trade. And so what were the sort of key elements to, to, you know, becoming profitable? So what were the, what you'd say, like, I've now aligned all these things up. What were they? Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's it basically goes to my strategy. So the the first thing is look at bank reports. So I get an email with the bank reports every it's either every day or every other day. Uh, but the fundamentals don't change that much within a day or two, so it's normally fine. So I'll read the news, I'll read uh, the bank reports, I'll see what the you know the high level big market moves are looking at, what they think is happening, uh, and then it will go down to looking at data for myself. I'll I'll basically take what they've said and look at it again and be like, okay, well, that does make sense. So now I'll look for a trade. Um, so once I've got all my data, my research done, then I'll look at levels, like I said. Uh, so I'll say, okay, well, there's a solid psychological level there, which might be uh, parity on um, EUIUSD, for example, which if for anyone that doesn't know, that's just one, that's just 1.0, uh, which has recently been hit. And we saw quite a significant uh, pullback, which bullish. Uh, so things like that, for example, I'll look and be like, okay, well, we're at a significant level. Uh, you know, retails are still majority short, so I'll I'll start looking for a long, for example. And so, in terms of like, so you got bank reports, you're getting the levels. Then how are you how are you managing that to get into trades and stuff? And and back then, like, was it sort of did you have confidence in these levels? You know, even even though they come from bank reports, and you knew that Honestly, they were flowing through. No, because I didn't really understand why the levels worked. I just knew that they did work because I was told they worked, if that made sense. I didn't yeah. understand the the why. Um, so I didn't have much confidence in it, but I was, I just continued to use them uh, until I actually understood, you know, a bit more about them. Uh, I knew, okay, well, just because it's at this level, it doesn't mean something's actually going to happen. Um, and it's things like that. It's just starting to understand a bit more uh, with experience. Uh, sorry, with time comes experience. And so, so were you? Would you say you were quite lucky at the start when you started to make an yes. account grow? I, yeah, sorry. Uh, basically, I fell into you know I, I don't know how it happened really, but I fell into like a network of very good traders. Um, it's just like profitability, um, and I got quite a lot of guidance, which I know a lot of traders don't have. Uh, so I was very very fortunate uh, in terms of my start. Um, but yeah, account size was minuscule. It was. I think it was under five thousand dollars at the time because obviously I already lost all my money. Right, 
Okay, that's quite interesting that you've managed to fall into just a whole bunch of traders that were really good. How did I know? If you look back, I mean, what were the key elements to trying to, to making? Why do I keep saying elements? I keep saying elements in this show. <laughs> I don't think I ever say it in any other show. I've said it about ten times. Yeah. It's annoying me. Um, but what do you think? Why do you think you ended up falling in with these guys? You know, I think that's a really good question. So because elite we get the same thing so at elite traders obviously we're a relatively large a large group so we get a lot of people asking us for you know help or guidance and things but i think the thing i did very differently was i was quite grown at the time when i say grown i was like early 20s so i was quite mature for my age um and i was very curious i wasn't there they knew i wasn't there and i made it very clear i wasn't there just to make money i had no interest in actually making money at that time i wanted to learn um and i i I just asked and asked and asked and it wasn't stupid questions. I wasn't like, you know, Oh, what's a lot size that you can go on Google. I'm not going to go to these six, seven figure traders and ask them how to use lot sizes. Cause obviously they'll think I'm stupid. So I'd find things that I just didn't understand and I'd ask them and they would be very uh, open and honest and friendly because it wasn't stupid questions that, you know, I can Google. It was mm. genuine questions that made sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it was just the thing they could, they knew that I was there to learn. I wasn't there to leech off them. I wasn't there to get rich or any of that bullshit. Yeah. And I think that's sort of probably number one thing that's going to put any, any experienced trader off as somebody who's like, you know, comes with the first question of, mm. oh, I just want to make 10% a month with like, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I my hundred dollar account and, you know, I just want to get yeah. that every single month. Um, right. So, so, okay. So how did things sort of mature for you as, as your trading career went on? Uh, pretty well. So after the mentorship, I was still testing and journaling and backtesting, developing, optimizing, um, all that fun stuff. And then it got to a point where it, I, it just wasn't that many losses anymore. I mean, I was sorry, there, there was still losses, but the losses weren't there anymore. As in like, I'd end the month and I'd be like, oh, that's, you know, I finished the month with a hundred pounds profit. Uh, and then the next month it'd be maybe 10 pounds profit. So a lot less, but it's still profit, which in my eyes was huge progress. Uh, and then it started just working from there. So after a profitable month, sorry, after a profitable month, I'd go back to my journal. I'd be like, okay, well, these are the trades I've took. And then let me look back when I was, I was unprofitable. And what was the differences? Was there, you know, was there entry differences? Was there, did I draw my levels differently? What was, you know, what have I done differently when I made money to compare to when I wasn't? Um, and yeah, I think that was, that was a, a huge thing. So then, you know, once I could, once I had a solid understanding of what I was actually doing that makes money, I did more of it. Uh, and I just carried on and it kind of compounded from there. Obviously deposit every month, uh, make some money and it sort of snowballs. And so can you remember what those differences were? Um, yes. So going back to not really understanding how levels worked exactly, I had that sort of thing with everything. So I, I, understood bank reports i understood levels I, I i knew that they were useful i knew i knew i should use them and things but those things like inflation okay inflation's up that's not great necessarily dependent obviously uh but why is it not good like you know is that now going to make the dollar weaker or stronger if it makes it stronger how much stronger can it get and it's things like that it's like just getting more of an understanding of these things is can completely change everything for you really um so it's taking what I already knew and just doing a lot more research in it. And so if you had to sort of break your trading up into fundamental versus technical, what percentage yeah. split would you have? Uh, 
I would say about 70, 30, 70% fundamentals, 30% right. technicals. Right. Um, so heavily skewed. Okay. Yeah. So that's quite unusual for the show because a lot of people just, you know, on the show probably have like a 95 to 5 split. <laughs> um, so yeah. with, the, with a fundamental bias, what's the, uh, what's the sort of win rate and risk to reward on your trades look like? So this is this is kind of the negative part of being so fundamentally based is that my trades are a lot slower than most price action based traders in terms of my win rate is about it does uh, alter it's about it ranges from about 49 to 52%. Um and my uh risk reward on average is about uh, 1 to 2 maybe 1 to 3 at a push. Uh so it's a lot slower and obviously it's uh, it's swing trades as well cuz uh, fundamentals are best with swing trades in my opinion um but yeah it's uh, with, with like price action traders for example they can make five percent in the morning during london session and then they're done for the day whereas five percent would be sort of my good month right okay and it, do you ever sort of like uh and i suppose this is a question like traders often struggle with you know looking at what other people are doing with this you know he's here some might make five percent in a day you're making five percent in a month do you ever sort mm. of go uh well, why didn't I take that path to get to that point? Or do you sort of have a vision of like, can I get to that point? And how do you did, stay on I track? I did try. Um, I did try, but it's it just never worked out for me. Uh, I don't know. Again, it could have just been that I didn't really understand it well enough to to do it, uh, to what, ex- what to expect of certain patterns and things. Because uh, I don't use patterns. The the most, to- uh, sorry, the, the most I use in patterns really is higher lows and lower highs to determine trends. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really it. So I did try things like, um, wedges and flag patterns and, um, all sorts of stuff. And it, yeah, it just never really worked out for me. Uh, I'd have days where I'd like double my account. Again, this was back when my risk wasn't great. So I'd double my account, uh, in maybe a week and then I'd blow all of it because I got too cocky with, you know, a certain pattern or whatever. So it's, it, I just never had great experiences with it. Mm. So how many trades are you taking on a weekly basis on average? Uh, maybe uh, it could be anywhere between one and three a week. Uh, three would be on the heavy end. That would be quite a lot for me. Uh, but yeah, maybe one or two a week is that gets me by. And what markets are you looking to trade? Uh, all currencies, um, uh, US 30, NAS 100, uh, gold and silver, um, and maybe oil, but very rarely. And what time frames do you get in on? Uh, the four hour. So I'll enter on the four hour time frame. Uh, all my analysis is done on the four hour and upwards. So it'll be uh, four hour, one day, one week, and one month. Okay. And what's your typical trading day look like? You know what? It's very casual. Um, because it's, again, because it's swing trades, I don't sit down for a London session or any specific sessions and, and sit down for a few hours and do that. So I'll wake up in the morning, uh, I'll check the trades, see how they're doing, and that's about it. And then if there is anything I need to do, such as uh, move stops to break even or close out or whatever, then I'll, again, I'll, I'll do that. But yeah, a lot of my day is spent working on elite traders or outside doing stuff. It's yeah. I trading doesn't take over my life. The reason I think trading is one of the careers you can do on the side and it be a full-time job. If that makes sense. Yeah. You can treat it like a part-time job or a side hustle and it can, it can still pay quite, quite well. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I suppose that's what people are looking for. A lot of people are looking for. They don't want to necessarily be glued to the screen for you know, mm. eight hours a day, which is, you know, they've replaced their eight-hour day job with another eight-hour day job. 
exactly. <laughs> which might yeah. pay which might pay bit pay more um okay that's okay true. so so that's that's quite interesting so so what do you think made you different from the average trader out there at the start do you have any traits do you have any things that you think might made you different i think i'm very very stubborn uh again that goes back to not not giving up when when i lost everything it was like okay i'm gonna go back i'm gonna gonna try and do it properly this time um and a lot of patience and discipline um i don't i don't agree with you know i think that there's a the saying of doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results is the definition of insanity um and i think that's very true so if something doesn't work i will then go back and change it and try again and change it and try again until i've got a solid enough proof that either doesn't work or it does work um and it's about you know you especially as a retail trader that hasn't come up in in banks or institutions or anything like that you've got to um you've got to be very persistent and you've got to be disciplined and mm-hmm. patient. And if you don't have that, then, you know, I don't really see a future for you in the markets. And I think there's that fine line that people tend to confuse in their own heads around, like, if it doesn't work, you know, move on to the next thing versus strategy mm-hmm. mopping, where you've got a strategy yeah. that does work, that you don't give it enough time, you lose one trade and go, it doesn't work. So I'm going to move on to the next one, next strategy. But you didn't actually play through the whole sequence of at least mm. let's say ten trades. So you got a you got a you got a win rate of some some effect and a and an overall like did it make return? Um, okay, yeah. that, that's interesting. Now, uh, what about like in terms of your account growth? So you said you know you started off with like five under five grand, uh, and you know at points you'd lost everything. How did you sort of manage mm. to scale it to to make it and have it as so- an income? a reliable income source so i was uh, again uh, i was quite fortunate but into so when i was younger the only thing i was interested in was like coloring and drawing and things so i was very creative but i was very academically poor i i didn't really do well at all in in terms of academics uh so the area i went into was design uh graphic design and motion design more specifically uh and it was in live tv so it paid okay but it wasn't crazy i think i was on about twenty nine thousand pounds a year at uh, eighteen, which is is okay. It's quite good. Um, but at the same time, I was also living on my own in London, uh, and London prices are pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, so it left me a little bit of wiggle room in terms of salary every month. So I'd have maybe four or five hundred pounds left over, um, and then that would basically just get deposited. I wouldn't I wouldn't do anything with it. It just get put into a savings account just in case i needed it and then once my next paycheck came in that 500 whatever it was would get put into trading uh and that just repeated and repeated and repeated uh and obviously as i got a bit older i got some pay bumps and things um and it was basically just any money i had went back into trading um and it's yeah it's very simple um and then you know like i said i i did a few few things on the side like selling products and things uh to raise extra money but yeah, there's no cheat code. You know, people think you know you can get a million dollar account in a in a year or two, and it's it's really not that at all. You so, got so to you didn't, put some work in. You didn't go down the route of uh, of the prop firms, uh, and I don't even know if they're no. prevalent. Back um, no, prop the FTMO was quite popular, but it was I, I didn't like the idea of that just because again I was quite stubborn. I wanted my own money. I didn't I didn't want to trade. Yeah. You know, uh, a demo account with. 100,000 in it and they get profit split because I've done the work I want the money it's my account I'm doing everything for you 
Um, again, so I, I didn't really want to go down that road. I'd, I'd rather spend a bit of extra time. Um, bearing in mind, sorry, I was I was still quite naive at this point. Uh, so I probably could have done that and got some extra money as well. Uh, but at the time, I didn't really see it like that. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Because um, I think back then, went before the like the explosion of prop firms, it it was the general sort of thinking, of like, oh, I'll just use my own money. Um, mm. What about if like you had to you talk to a retail trader and you know they're working a job like you were? What steps would you recommend they take to start earning income and, and the, or growing an account? Should I say? Uh, it depends on their personal situation, of course, but let's just take a, a typical average Joe that's got a nine to five Monday to Friday, uh, earns an average income. Um, I would say if you really want to be a trader, you're going to have to put the time in. So you're going to have to sacrifice your mornings, wake up an hour earlier, go to bed an hour later. Uh, you have to sacrifice some of your weekends because a nine to five doesn't leave you much time really. Um, so yeah, be prepared to sacrifice time and then save as much money as possible so i would say if you can save for example 300 pounds a month uh which i think is is reasonable for a nine to five uh maybe put 150 pounds into trading uh, and 150 pounds aside for things like education uh, whether it be mentorship or courses or whatever you need um and that way you've got a, an account slowly building um and it's not your life savings so if you do blow it it's not the absolute end of the world and then you've also got some money left over for yeah, education so you can actually become a profit, profitable trader okay and so what about uh if you had to sort of talk about the, the technical side of what you do what other things other than market structure do you use to help you get into a, one of these fundamental base trades um well i use a i use a third party platform called a1 edge finder um which is basically all where i get all my data for myself uh, excluding like bank reports and things um so when I see data change, I'll like, okay, let's, so let's say, for example, um, okay, let's say EUIUSD again, for example, when it hit parity, we saw, uh, I can't believe it actually happened, but let's just talk in examples for now. Uh, let's say we saw a cot flip. Uh, so let's say we saw, uh, rather than uh, institutions heavily short EYUSD or heavily long, whatever, we'd see it reverse. So in this case, let's say they were short and then they flipped to long. Uh, and then I will go, okay, I need to prepare to get again with this now. Um, and then again, the same goes with retail sentiment. So I'm not sure how many traders are aware of this, but uh, it can be called all sorts, of, all sorts of things. So DXM or retail sentiment or whatever. Uh, but that tells you what percentage of retail traders are in what positions. Uh, and because 95 roughly percent of retail traders, retail traders lose, I always trade against them. So if there's, you know, 57% short and then 40% long, whatever, 47% long, whatever, um, then I'll go long against the retail traders, against the majority. Ah, um, that's interesting. That's so, interesting. Yeah. I think I've got a vague recollection that somebody else has mentioned that on the show like a very, not very long time ago, but but definitely in the last probably two years uh, mm. where they look at the retail sentiment and trade against it. So that's yeah. interesting. It's correlation there in that in that information. Okay. Um, what about from a mindset point of view? Have you like uh, stumbled across any or come across, uh, encountered? Sorry, encountered any mindset issues around your thinking, holding trades, mm-hmm. that sort of thing with this like swing trading slower approach? Yeah, I really struggled with patience. Um, in terms of. You know, I'd have the patience to wait for a setup, but then, you know, if it was, let's say, if, you know, if it was almost a stop loss or 70% towards stop loss or whatever, 
and then it went into maybe 40 50 percent uh profit i'll be like oh shit is this just a pullback i'm going to close just in case it's pullback and it hit stop loss um so i'd be very overly cautious or a bit impatient whatever whichever whichever one fits um so yeah i would i would that was one of my more toxic habits that took a long time to get rid of actually was closing trades too early, but then I'd also let them hit stop loss, um, which is, yeah, that was like one of the final things I had to learn to actually get over that profitable border uh, was to just leave my trades alone. I've set it for a reason. And if I want to close it, I'll go back and look at my reason and that's it. And then as long as data hasn't changed, as long as nothing's actually changed to swing the trade in a different way, then it's completely fine to just leave in my eyes. Okay. So, so it took a little bit of, a little bit of a time to get there i mean have you got any sort of hacks or tips or tricks that you can share with the listeners around like that you yeah. use on a day-to-day basis to get your trading uh, to get your mindset in the right space for trading yeah so this is what i i tell the our members quite a lot is that you need to disconnect from your money um in terms of not disconnecting a way you don't have any feeling for it uh but in a way that is not your money anymore so as soon as you deposit and you start trading that's it. That's your business account. That's, you know, that's your expenses list. So stop losses are fine. Take profits are great. But if you start, you know, messing around a bit, closing trades too early or just being irresponsible, the only person that affects is you. It's, you know, this is, again, this is a business. You're, you're in a competition with banks, with institutions, with billions of dollars going around every day. And you're too weak to hold a trade for an extra day. It's like, you know, you got, you got to put yourself in perspective in a little bit i think now now what about like the i suppose if from a fundamental point of view i mean what would you recommend somebody go away and try and master if they had to spend like a month mastering something what would be the one thing you'd say this is probably going to be the best thing you can go away and teach yourself okay um economics for sure i mean you can't learn all this stuff in a month um but if you are relatively new to trading and you're just on youtube looking at you know price action patterns or uh in, um, indicators you should definitely go and look at why the market's moving not not how it's moving not candlesticks ignore the charts go and go and look into why it's moving and like what's actually going on uh, behind the candlesticks why is that candlestick green or why is there an uptrend why is there a downtrend if you can work those things out then you can start working out what to look for before they start. And that's how you can catch these huge swings in the markets. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Just learn learn the background of the market, the things you don't see on the chart. Go and learn all that. And, and how, uh, where would be a good place to start? Baby pips, for sure. Okay. Um, it's not, obviously it's nothing, there's nothing overly detailed on there, but there is some fundamental stuff on there. So you can just start reading things like that. Um, even correlations, for example, like the CAD and oil, mm. just learn the thing, things, the basic things. And then once you've learned the basics of baby pips and the correlations, then start looking into, okay, why is oil related to CAD? Oh, it's because uh, oil is in the Canadian economy quite heavily. Okay, that makes sense. And then you can start branching out from there. And it, it becomes very easy once you set a timeline or a, a sort of a thought bubble for yourself. Mm. And and so you, you eventually ended up uh, coming up with this thing called Elite Traders that you run um what was the Mm. genesis around that and and what what do you guys do um it was basically to counteract a lot of the uh social media bs you see on on well on social media uh we see you know there's a lot of people that are flexing jewelry and cars and uh all this sort of stuff and at the end of the day you go to their profile and the whole thing is just leading you into a link whether it's mentorship or signals or whatever it is which I, i i don't 
really have a problem with. But when you're flexing a diamond bracelet or whatever it is that you bought with signal money and not trading money, but then telling people to go and join your signals to earn money, to me, it's very scummy and it, sh- it shouldn't really happen. So we start Elite Traders to basically counteract that. We're here to teach people how institutions trade our traders are from institutions uh we do 100 percent proof of that there is you know we're not we're not retail tra- well i am a retail trader sorry but my traders aren't you know sat in the bedrooms trying to trying to trade or claiming things that they they can't do um so i i spent a long time reaching out and networking uh trying to find real traders that knew what they were doing to a share the trades and b teach people how to trade or how they trade shy sorry um so yeah, that's basically our whole whole aim is just to do some good and show people how to how we actually approach markets. Yeah, nice, nice. And, and was it difficult to find these traders that that are uh, working as part of Elite? It, yeah. So I found the first one, uh, which I think you've got the interview with. I found him through the the network I was speaking about previously when I was first learning. Um, and then yeah, he knew some people. Obviously, he's got a very solid background. Uh, so he actually recruited a lot of the a lot of the traders, not me um but yeah it was it took us probably six months to get our full team together okay interesting stuff now um we're gonna dive into a quick fire round here and then uh we're gonna wrap up so uh, how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable let's say one and a half years what's your favorite entry setup uh break and retest what strategies do you use to exit or manage trades sorry could you repeat that Uh, strategies to exit (laughs) or manage trades Okay, sure. It's if there is a, a fundamental change um, in news or anything's happened to change the way the market's actually moving, then I'll close out. Or if my trade's in 1% profit or more, then I'll move my stop loss to break even. Um, uh, that's it. Okay. Do you have any uh, recommended trading book or resource? Um, no, I can't say I've actually read a actual book about trading uh i mean not to do a self-promotion here but i have just got my my team to put together a pdf which is going into what i'm talking about which is the the more deep part of the market and not not trading patterns and things uh, so i'd say that could be quite beneficial for some traders and it's completely free okay cool and i guess it's elite traders yeah yeah okay cool and uh, what about your preferred broker and trading platform uh, so we use ACAP. Um, they're very, very good. Uh, and we trade on MetaTrader 4 and 5. Personally, I use MetaTrader 5. Hey, folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100K. You can learn more at HankoTrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. Uh, uh, do you yeah. want to walk us through your worst ever trade? <laughs> yes, that was the US 30 trade where I lost uh, everything. So oh, I used to have a screenshot of it. I deleted it because it annoyed me. But um, what was it? Oh, okay. So it was markets just closed on US 30. I think it was like a Thursday night and you had one day left to trade. And I was like, okay, I'm going to turn this five grand into 15 grand by Friday. <laughs> um, so I put everything. I had to think I had must have, must have had maybe six or seven lots on us 30 um i think i was going short and it was just in a massive uptrend uh but because i didn't really understand trends and things i was like oh well it's dipping a little bit now so i'm going to sell uh, and i remember i was up uh, probably well all night i guess and i'd work in the morning i was up all night watching the chart and i was watching my equity go down and down and down and i saw my meta trader go into red obviously which is near margin call 
Uh, and I just saw my trade to close out and it's, I had to go to work after lo- losing my life savings and it was very, very sad. <laughs> uh, at least you weren't too old at that point. Um, now, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, if you're learning, break up your uh, break up the, the learning process into, into parts. So you've got price action, you've got fundamentals, you've got these things. Don't try, don't go on YouTube and just do how to trade or trading profitably. Don't, I wouldn't recommend doing that at all. I would break it up again. So uh, learn things like entry patterns, go and research into entry patterns. Okay, you've done that. Now go and look into fundamentals and do it in segments. So you, A, you remember it and B, so it's all sort of regimented. So you know exactly what you're learning, what you need to do and how that applies to your trading rather than, yeah, just going on YouTube and searching how to trade. Now, uh, before Uh, you wrap up, what's the best way for traders to get hold of you? So Instagram is Forex James, which... uh, double X at the end of Forex and double S at the end of James. Uh, or you can head over to our website, which is elitetraders.io. Um, if you use code NUT25 at our checkout, you get 25% off for three months. Um, what was yeah, the code? Sorry? That's what pretty much it. Uh, NUT25, N-U-T-25. Ah, okay. okay, cool, cool. Well, look, guys, um, big thank you to James for sharing with us today. Uh, everything we've discussed here, along with all those links, uh, and we'll put the promo code in there as well, uh, are in the show notes on tradingnut.com. Until next time, wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, there you have it. Interview done and dusted with James. Now, we did shoot a video after this where he breaks down not just what he does on a, from a technical point of view on a price chart, but also this tool that he uses, which I'm wondering, this is the tool that I said at the start of the show. I was wondering if Forex gurus out there are using this tool to help them get most of their trades right, and they're not telling you. So I, I don't know. It might not be the case, but I'm just wondering if this could be the case. So you're going to find out what that is in the video we shot after the show. And there's another video up this week as well with Dex Diamond, who is a colleague of James's over there at Elite Traders, and he walks you through how to leverage Forex bank reports all up here on tradingnut.com. All right, folks, thank you for watching, and we'll see you in the next one.